like my big thing for Shabbat is turning off my phone. And I don't even do it every week. But if I turn it off Friday when it gets dark to Saturday when it gets dark, I feel so much better and literally connected to God. From the Jewish Food Society, I'm Amanda Dell, and this is Schmaltzy. Personal stories about food and the people behind them. Today on Schmaltzy, we have the one and only Ilana Glazer. Ilana is a co-creator, writer, director, executive producer, and the star of the critically acclaimed comedy series, Broad City. She currently plays Chelsea in the Apple TV series, The After Party, and co-wrote and starred in the film, False Positive. As you may know, stories are kinda her thing. So we wanted to get to know the brilliant mind behind it all. Here's my conversation with the wise, witty, and wildly compassionate Ilana. Ilana, thank you so much. It really means the world to us. Thank you for taking the time. I'm so happy. I was so looking forward to this today because I was like, I really need to laugh. No pressure. So do I. I'm here for it. Okay, good. When I polled the entire Jewish Food Society team, I was like, I really want to ask you guys, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of Alana? And they said something so sweet that I wanted to share with you. They see you as a representation of what it means to be a modern Jewish woman in today's world. Mm. They said that you are not afraid of your sexuality and you represent your heritage with respect, but also humor. That means so much to me and I'm verklempt. Thank you. (laughs) Truly, that's, that's so sweet. You know, I think most people know you the most from Broad City, which is an iconic show like no other. Yes. And... You know, I think a lot about this moment that we're in right now where I feel as if media is extremely Jewish Mm. in a way that it's never been before. You have, like, Fleischman is in trouble. Mm. You have Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Years and years ago, we had Transparent, but we also had Broad City. Mm. Do you feel like you opened the door for some more mainstream television and movies, like, to be more Jewish? Or how do you think about the moment that we're in right now? That's really flattering to hear you say and have connected. And I'm so proud to be a Jewish woman portraying Jewish women. Do I see it as very Jewish? Um, I guess now that you pointed out, I don't really usually. And I also find Jews to be struggling with their identity and their whiteness and wanting for whiteness or, you know, selecting Jewishness and Jewish people and millennials. I'm really proud of millennials for starting to be critical of our identity. I would actually say that is more what I feel in my personal body of work is that that nuance, I guess, of Mm. being Jewish and looking at its complications. And also like consciousness is changing so quickly. And I, there's like this reprise right now of you know, Broad City came out in 2014 and it's 2023. So there's this just cycle happening of looking back on it with new eyes and with a new mind as a culture. And people are also rewatching Girls and that era coming back with new eyes. And I think the way that Abby and I, I mean, we really like discovered our queerness, discovered our Jewish identity and our complicated feelings around it somewhat in real time on Broad City. 
So that's more of it. You know, like personally, I struggle, I think, to claim wanting to see more Jews, even though I do. I want to see more Jewish people portray themselves. I don't know that mainstream America really wants it. Anti-Semitism is on the rise. Definitely. We really do face so much hate. But the difference for us in this country is the hate against us is not codified the way that anti-Black hate is codified into law. So it's complicated sometimes for me to claim that space, even though anti-Semitism is so on the rise. And the things that I'm proud of as a Jew, I mean, are very much, oh, I really am (laughs) beclumped, are very much embodied in Broad City, which is like truth-seeking, truth-telling, questioning, such that answers do not answer the question like science, they open the the floor to more questions. That's what excites me about being a Jew. And that is what I do feel like that little punk resistance piece did, this little splinter did get into culture. And, you know, now that you put it that way, Amanda, you're right, there are more Jewish characters on TV, you know, ever since Rami came out and then Mo to now then understand the dearth of Muslim characters is fucking sick. It's ill. It's it's toxically ill. I can't believe you brought up Rami. All my friends are so sick of me talking about Rami. Oh. Like if Rami is listening, I am his <laughs> biggest fan. Oh, he's a genius. A genius. Like I think that show is so genius. I'm so grateful for his show. And he's just such a talented artist. And, you know, I feel like I sometimes can't believe I'm in the position to say Broad City led to this or to that, but it's just how time works and the things that came after Broad City are definitely almost answering a question that Broad City asked. And yeah, Rami is is a genius. The last thing I'll say about that show, when I really took a second to think about how I feel about the show, what it always is for me is that it actually makes me uncomfortable to watch it sometimes. Mm. And that is to me a signal like, okay, this is something that I'm really thinking about. I'm actually fully immersed in it because sometimes he is so truthful and brings not the ugliness, but like the realness Mm. of life and humanizing these characters to the way that you're like, okay, like this person is kind of not a great person, but I understand them. I actually have to say, I've been really reflecting on Girls. I, I have not watched all of Girls and I haven't watched Broad City since it aired. I don't think Abby has either. It's so emotional and even girls was at the time it was like we're not them we are them but like girls did that as well like presented truths of these young white women that were uncomfortable but it was a different thing at the time and they and lena got so much hatred so much violent hatred and it's just interesting. I'm, I'm connecting the dots lately of how one thing led to the next. And just as we're talking about this, like TV lineage, it's so awesome to hear you say that about Rami's show. And I, oh, I agree. I mean, it's uncomfortable, but there's something just so delicious about it. But it's interesting with girls. I think the dial was turned up on the discomfort and the pain, actually. But I think there was less room to accept it. Yeah. I haven't revisited Girls in a while, but when you were talking about the questioning Mm -hmm. that goes along with Judaism in a way that really, like, resonated for me, sometimes I have to think about, but, like, what is Judaism for me? Mm -hmm. And, like, Mm -hmm. what are the things that are important to me? And it's dedication to making the world a better place. It's about family. But it's really also about questioning. And I feel lucky also to grow up 
in a home and an environment where that was encouraged in a way. Definitely. Definitely. I grew up on Eastern Long Island and it was so by design, segregated, white, Italian American, not a lot of Jews. And there were uh, people of color and black people in my town and school, but very underrepresented. And I was a minority as a Jew, but a white minority. But that position still made me question, like, what the fuck? Like, Jews don't grow on trees in Nassau County. Black people don't grow in Brooklyn. There's a reason that things are like this. Like, why is this? And when I moved to New York, I started getting some answers. And like, I have definitely with my nuclear family that I grew up with have gone through this journey with them where we kind of all learned together. But I was like voraciously curious of like how things worked and why they work the way they do. And there was room for that, which I consider Jewish. And I really did. I didn't grow up religious exactly, but definitely observant. And Rami actually, his show modeling faith and as an artist and as a friend, like it's really inspired me in my Judaism because I've been almost looking for her more in the past few years. And it's fun to explore and to claim my Judaism and what it means to me, what she means to me and what feels like observance. Like my big thing for Shabbat is turning off my phone and I don't even do it every week, but if I turn it off Friday when it gets dark to Saturday, when it gets dark, I feel so much better and literally connected to God. It's truly a practice. Totally. I didn't grow up observing that. I mean, I had friends that did or was around it, but personally, I find it really fascinating. This has to do with, I think, not Jews in the media in general, but being Jewish in the media. I mm. had this amazing writer, Liana Satinstein, on the show a few weeks ago, and we were talking about this piece in Vogue that was about Torah teacher aesthetic, like dressing modestly, but... It's so funny. I did such an orthodox outfit recently, and I was like, I'm going with it, because I got this beautiful silk headscarf, and I went with it, and I was like, this look is meant for me. You know, it looks so chic. We need that in one of your TikTok, like, outfit walk-bys. Yes! Good call! But that was an article in Vogue, and the headline was literally, like, Torah teacher aesthetic. And then a few weeks ago in the New York Times, there was a whole article about Shabbat and how young people are observing Shabbat, what it means to them. And it was like a style piece, basically, not to take away from the ritual and the seriousness of it. But it's something that I think about a lot more lately. My sister just had a baby and I kind of like love to go over there on Mazel Auntie Amanda. We love it. Yeah, I'm Auntie Mandy. Oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah, so cute. But I think it's almost really radical for people to even think about observing Shabbat today. That's really cute to hear, though. So I've never been to Israel, but I hear how happy Jews are and American Jews are when they go there because... The actual faith and rituals are so built into the culture. And I feel like here in America, we are still so afraid of not being liked or not being cool that we edge in through the culture because it is quite rich and inclusive, actually. Whereas the actual religious part is like what you're saying clocks that it checks out for me, that it's a style piece, you know, and it's kind of like, can I be Jewish publicly? Well, if I make it a like Vogue, mm -hmm, you know, I think <laughs> that that really checks out for me and adds up. You know, I do stand up mostly like Sunday through Thursday, not every night, but I'll do like two or three shows a week. And I just don't want to do Friday and Saturday. And it's like, 
my natural inclination is to observe Shabbat. <laughs> Okay, I'm well, it's, yeah, I mean, it's something in you for sure. <laughs> yeah, home-cooked meal. That's nice. Have you been cooking at all? Do you cook? Um, you know, I have been doing, my partner, David, is, he's a chemist and a great, an excellent cook, and they really go together. Um, sure. <laughs> Sounds ideal. People like to downplay, I think, because it's such a, or, you know, tends to be a woman's, like, duties, so it's just cooking, but it really is science and chemistry. And I'm very good at prepping, kitchen prep, and then handing off to him to do the real chemistry part. But I'm getting pretty good at it. And I have for my daughter. I'm always prepping and roasting (laughs) vegetables on Sundays for her for the week. And it's just so weird. It's like, I don't do this for myself at all and totally could and would love it. But yeah, I've been cooking more. I love to make a stir fry. She was digging the stir fry and all the Asian sauces yesterday. And I was like, oh, this is a way to get broccoli and peppers in your gullet. And the girl loves wings. So I have been uh, marinating and baking wings. That's so funny. Wait, so I loved how you described that you tag team the cooking because a lot of couples can't collaborate that way. Like it's like one person kind of has to own it. So yeah, no, he is an extremely collaborative person, demands collaboration as a partner, which I'm (laughs) grateful for because I'm, um, I tend to be isolated. So he's made me a much better partner. Love that. So you have shared on your Instagram and TikTok that you guys are like kind of opposites in a lot of ways. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah, we are. We are. He seems a little more shy. Definitely. Yes. He is not, um, desperate to be seen. (laughs) the way that I am. And I love that about him. I admire it. (laughs) (laughs) And what about holidays? Are you tag teaming on the cooking there? Does your daughter like to get involved? We don't have a rhythm yet of satyrs. And we got Hanukkah pretty good this year. She was like a sack of fat last year. She was just a little blubber (laughs) baby. It was not whatever. She was like, whoa, at the the menorah. This year, she was like obsessed and all candles are called Hanukkah. Okay. And I'm like, I'm not correcting this. We're not <laughs> until she's, I, I hope it lasts forever. Hanukkah, Hanukkah, yeah. Hanukkah. Um, <laughs> and like, we kind of got a Seder down this year. I yeah. have the saddest, tiniest Seder. I cut a piece of cardboard out for the lamb shank. I mean, it was pathetic. I was like, this is like truly pathetic first draft that I'm going to work off of and get better too. But I remember the torture of like having to sit through the Haggadah, which I like swear in retrospect was three hours, but no way was it three hours, but it felt like that. Yeah. And you know, like there was just like this sort of slog feeling at my, Oh, and my, my grandpa, Sam, my dad's dad died when I was like four. So it was very much my grandma, Harriet. She was the, the big macha for us. Yeah. But she had such a big personality still. And, and she just really did holidays, she did them right. She did them up, you know, going to synagogue before making a big meal, spending all day doing it. And like, I admire it. And I, I have been thinking of her, especially being a parent now in the past couple of years of like, fuck, I don't know how to do this symphony of food, all these different dishes happening at the same time and gathering people together. I really, really want to improve at this. Definitely. Okay. Last question. How did you get so comfortable putting so much of yourself out there? Oh, gosh, I'm not comfortable with it. I'm deeply uncomfortable with it and also feel like I haven't put enough in a way. Tell me more about that. Like what you were saying, the folks at the Jewish Food Society saying about me, I'm like, that is so sweet because what they're seeing is the person I wish I were in ways. 
So I'm not comfortable with it at all. It's also the only thing I know how to do. I'm 36 and I was like on a, a Zoom last night for my condo community meeting. And I'm like, I don't know how to talk. I'm a comedian. I know how to be a comedian. That's really all I know how to do and a partner and parent. But other than that, it's compulsion. It is involuntary. And, um, <laughs> and I don't know how to do it. And I don't know how to do anything else. I'm going to push back on that for one second. I think Please do. I would call you an activist as well. I think you, Thank you. really Thank you. use your platform in, in a really, really intentional way. And I want to know what your thinking is behind that. You've given your voice to so many important causes. What motivates you to do that? And why is it important to you? I don't know how to be another way, you know? And sometimes I fear it is the wrong way to be. And I'm very consistently working on realizing that it is right or wrong. It actually just is who I am. And I appreciate that you claiming that (laughs) role for me activist, but it really just is who I am. And to me, it's part of being Jewish, but like you see in Broad City, I mean, we discovered our queerness and Jewishness and identity while we were making it. And I'm still doing that. And I hope to keep doing it in all these roles, including activist. I just am practicing being kinder to myself throughout the process. I think we all could use a little dose of that. Thank you for sharing so honestly and openly and giving us time. And it really was like such a pleasure to talk to you. And thank you. The pleasure was mine. I really appreciated this conversation. That was Alana Glazer. You can find Alana on Instagram at Ilana. And while you're there, give us a follow at Jewish Food Society. Looking for family recipes and stories from around the world? Check out jewishfoodsociety.org. And if you like what you heard, be a mensch and rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Schmalti is produced by the Jewish Food Society in partnership with Pod People and made with Love in NYC. Our executive producer is Nama Shafi, and our theme music is by Yuval Semmel. Special thanks to the team at Pod People. Rachel King, Matt Sav, Amy Machado, Madison Lesby, Robin Gelfenbein, Carter Wogan, and Michael Aquino. This episode was recorded at Good Studio in Brooklyn. I'm your host, Amanda Dell. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. Oh, you